Disney clarifies its upcoming construction priorities, along with all the juicy Halloween and holiday details we can handle, and even a few surprises. That and more, all on today's Park Hop. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Great Park Hop. My name is Julian James and continuing to join us live from the Hall Cave, where he's just downed his fifth or sixth birthday pickle. I mean, it's unclear at this point. The man, the myth, the legend, Henry Hall. Each week we get together to discuss the latest and greatest theme park news, happenings, and burning topics from the lands of Disney, Universal, and beyond. Before launching into things, we always like to note that Henry works at the Walt Disney Company. As always, though, his opinions are fully his own. Henry, happy birthday, my dude. Hey, man. It's not my birthday anymore. <laughs> happy birthday week, my dude. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure it wasn't the birthday week you wanted, but it's the birthday week you deserved. Oh, wait. No, no. That's not right. I'm sure, man, like everyone has been slamming you all week long with uh, with all sorts of birthday congrats. I got to ask, though, what did you think of that recorded message I sent you from the students and staff of the New York Film Academy, man? It was pretty awesome, right? What are you talking about? Did that not go through? <laughs> I don't think so. Hold on. Oh, dude, I did not hit send. Okay, hold on. I got it right here. Ready? <laughs> this was. I thought this was a very sweet gesture. Hold on. Really appreciate you for all the work you've done. You've inspired everybody in this building. Happy birthday. Henry. Muchas felicidades. Happy birthday, Henry. Tanti tanti auguri, Henry. Feliz cumpleaños. Feliz aniversario, Harry. Tudo de bom para você. Happy birthday, Henry, to a fellow Scorpio. You're not getting older, just wiser, and I think I'm still younger than you are. It's a strange thing to add at the end, but wasn't that sweet? I thought that was a very sweet thing for them to do. I'm not a Scorpio. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I, oh, I guess you're not. I don't know what she was talking about. <laughs> I think you got the wrong Henry, man. <laughs> uh, I'd better let him know. You're right. Uh, well, uh, but as you know, dude, you had to share the spotlight. I know you don't like doing this, but you had to share the spotlight a bit this week. With uh, with Hong Kong Disneyland, they celebrated their birthday this past week too, man. Believe it or not, it's been around for 15 years at this point. It's crazy how time is uh, flown. It's still closed due to COVID. It sounds like it'll most likely be reopening soon. Uh, it does mean, of course, it's it's become the second Disney park to celebrate a birthday while not being open to the public. Obviously, Disneyland was that uh, had their 65th birthday while still being closed. Did have a celebration video that they posted to their Facebook page and will be offering some limited edition merch that needs to be purchased online and then redeemed in the park. So you can like have it sent to you. I thought an idea that I had it was like a cool tote bag and some pins. It's like, hey, I mean, I'll just purchase these online and get them sent to me. Nah, you can't do that. You got to got to redeem them in the park. So that was a. That was a no-go, but yeah, man, it time has been flying, and it's like it's such a weird history at Hong Kong Disneyland because it, it was it was really one of those parks that kind of came about at the end of that Michael Eisner era, right? Like it came right after 
Disneyland Paris, which, you know, is famous for going well over budget. And I mean, I guess bombing is the right word. I don't know. I mean, it's it's kind of the ship has been righted since, but it was definitely a huge money pit for such a long time that then they had these other future projects. Uh, California Adventure was one of them. Hong Kong Disneyland was another that then they were like, you know, Eisner basically gave the word to just kind of skimp and kind of go for a uh, a smaller kind of light Disney park experience. And so we got kind of California Adventure, which, you know, we know a little bit about, but has certainly been on its own journey. And then we got Hong Kong Disneyland as well, which, uh, which yeah, it was... It, it's surprising when you read about how limited it was when it opened. It really just had a handful of rides. It had that that almost identical Sleeping Beauty castle that is at Disneyland. And it really just felt, at least initially, like, I mean, even a half-day park maybe is a little, is a little uh, generous. But it was pretty underwhelming. And then, just like they've been doing at DCA and, and all of these parks that came about during that time. So it became like this priority on Bob Iger's part since coming in, you know, as as the last CEO to really reinvest in all these parks. And so it's been interesting to see how Hong Kong Disney has been coming along. I know that I, I know that they've still had these challenges in terms of getting the numbers that they're hoping to at the park, but it's really started to at least, you know, uh, the last time I was there, almost two years ago now, crazy, but uh, it really started feeling like it had its own kind of identity. You know, it added Grizzly Gulch with Big Grizzly Mountain, uh, Runaway Railroad. They added Mystic Manor with Mystic Point. They had really the first Toy Story land. And then we know that they have, uh, you know, their own Marvel land that they've slowly been building up over time. I think that they're still going to get I think it's the Quinjet ride that that DCA is also going to get. So, uh, and then they've got their Frozen Land that's also currently being built in. They've got this new castle that's uh, that's that's pretty much done if it if if it isn't totally done already. So, I mean, it's definitely come a long way. Uh, but you know, it's been fascinating to see the the journey it's been on. It it, it is it is. I mean, I guess my description of it would be it's, it, it is a charming little park that has so many of its own little unique touches that are a lot of fun. I mean, I, I had a blast while I was there. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks like a, I mean, I'm sure it's a Disney park, so I imagine you're still going to have fun. But it does seem like it's a, a smaller park. But yeah, all these parks started off a little bit a little bit rough, and they definitely have been building them up. Yeah, which is like anytime you see a Disney park that you would classify as like a half day park, it's always kind of a it's always a sad thing, right? <laughs> like, what are we doing? This seems like such a uh, such a wasted opportunity. So yeah, it's been it's been fun to watch uh, all of this growth that they've been doing, and and it looks like they're primed for just a ton more. I'm I'm really curious to see how this Frozen Land is going to look. It looks really awesome. Uh, you know, the, like I said, what's the unique aspects that really are, are only found at that park. You've got the, the, you've got Grizzly Mountain, you've got Mystic Manor, you've got, uh, Iron Man experience, you've got the Ant-Man and Wasp ride, which is basically just kind of that re-theme of, uh, Buzz Lightyear Astro Blaster. So you've just got like all of these little unique touches that, that, uh, that really, seem to make that park blossom and, and sing. So 
And, and they've got the other thing that they've got that I, I almost never hear anyone talking about is they have like one of the weirdest and, and just craziest endings to their version of the jungle cruise. It's like, it is so bizarre. Like it starts very similar to everything that you've kind of been on. If you've ever been on the jungle cruise hits almost all of the major kind of beats of the, of the jungle cruise. And then like when it ends where you would normally get ready to go into the dock, you pass by trader Sam instead of trader Sam though, you kind of are, are winding up your journey and then you there's like this huge water explosion that goes off. And so you have to veer into this canyon and there's like these gods of fire and water that are like battling each other. And then they let you leave at a certain point. Uh, it's just like not the experience that you would ever expect on the jungle cruise, right? Like jungle cruise traditionally is sort of like a mellow, low energy kind of ride. It's it, the experience is just as much about the puns as it is about kind of what you're seeing. And then, you know, to, to go into Hong Kong with this just like high energy ending is, uh, is totally unexpected, totally strange. But like I said, it, it's, it's this cool kind of unique flourish. It, it does make me wonder, like, are we going to see a version of that, but with the rock added to the Disneyland and Disney world mm, versions? That'd be interesting. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind, uh, a little bit of freshening up of the ride because it seems like uh, it, it definitely needs something to kind of freshen it up. It's gotten a bit stale, and some of the some of the things aren't aren't triggering properly. So I think they need to to liven it up a bit. Um, but didn't you say like doesn't Hong Kong Disney have like an interesting uh, like Halloween? Uh, type of uh, celebration too that is unique to itself as well yeah i know that's a good call i I totally kind of forgotten about that and since we're i mean today is like such a we've got we've just got so much news with the holidays and halloween it uh it totally makes sense to touch upon that but yeah it's like the approach that they take to halloween is a little more mature and and kind of focused towards us like kind of at like a PG-13 maybe level of maturity as opposed to, you know, like rated G sort of spooky Disney Halloween that you would normally get. But it's uh, it's like super unique. They've got like mazes and they've got kind of, I don't know what you would call them, like walkthrough attractions kind of is, I guess, the best description. But it it, it has a totally like creepy and, and kind of like low level scare factor to it that is uh, that is pretty incredible and and again totally unique that you just wouldn't find at any disney park i'd be so curious to hear about like what are the inner inner workings like why at this disney park are things just like slightly different and like the energy is just kind of turned up a notch or two in a few of these key areas it'd be be interesting to hear about but yeah i don't i don't know man (laughs) it'd be cool yeah i imagine they i mean i Maybe they just did it because culturally it's more appropriate for them. And then maybe it's also that just Halloween means something else to them. Uh, So, yeah, that's probably a safe bet. I find that uh, in other countries, and of course, you know, this uh, they they they're less about coddling people. Uh, We. here in the u.s we do a lot of things to like make sure nobody gets upset or make sure nobody 
you know, hurts themselves while in other countries and given it's still Disney. So they definitely don't want people hurting themselves. But uh, I think uh, culturally it's, it's more uh, acceptable to like scare people or, or like do certain things um, that you, you can get away with more things than you can over here in the U S. So much like those shows that they have on the Asian uh, shows about like, people going into uh, like celebrity homes and waking them up very rudely with like explosions and stuff. <laughs> and then filming it is like, wow, you could not get away with that here. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, that, definitely a good point for sure. There's major cultural differences, especially uh, with that. But even, I mean, even still like they, they were also the first park to really heavily, double down on Marvel, right? Like they had part of their Tomorrowland basically became Stark Expo that had the Iron Man experience, which is kind of like uh, using that Star Tours ride system that, that, uh, that, you know, every, everyone is familiar with basically, but it's, but it's just with a completely unique Tony Stark adventure that you, you go on and it is its own kind of a thing. And then, you know, like I said, the, have an Ant-Man kind of a thing going now and and that's all going to expand. So yeah, I mean, they definitely they were making some they were making some ways beforehand, dude. So they were they were ahead of the curve with that. But on the subject of Avengers Land in particular, you know, we also found out this week Avengers Campus at California Adventure, one of the priority construction projects throughout the US Disney parks anyway, right? So we've got Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser at Walt Disney World, which is that like super expensive hotel experience that we still don't know a ton about. We don't have a price that we know it's going to be ridiculous, but it's basically like you're in like a a well-themed kind of like Star Cruiser. So it looks like you're in the space pod and then you get shuttled to and from Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> but it's like a it's like a two night, three day experience. So, uh, so obviously that's been, that's been something they've been working on for a while. That's a high priority. Uh, and then we also have Mickey and Minnie's runaway railway at Disneyland, uh, which were the other, those are the other two projects that were called out, uh, on that list of priorities. So, and then from this same interview though, was just generally called out that investment spending will be prioritized on select projects currently underway. And then that's when they called out those specific rides. So it's unclear because we know that like there are other rides that, uh, we know that there are other rides that are still moving forward. Right. So we have like Ratatouille, which again, almost done. Who knows when that's going to open probably soon at some point we have that guardians of the galaxy cosmic rewind over at Epcot as well. Uh, that is still been moving forward. We know they're not they're not stopping on that. Uh, and then we have that Tron coaster also still moving forward, been consistent construction. So it's kind of like I, I'm assuming it's just kind of like we've seen work being done on it since March, and it's still in the books. It might be delayed, but it's still something that they're working on. It's going to happen. Uh, if we haven't seen or heard anything recently, might be start uh, might be time to start getting concerned about it, right? Yeah. 
But we did have we did have like uh, that announcement earlier in terms of the Epcot cuts between uh, the the major refurbishment that was initially planned for Spaceship Earth and that expansion to the British Pavilion Cherry Tree Lane uh, from Mary Poppins that that's been kind of shelved at least for the time being. Maybe they'll revisit it. Maybe not. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it seems like it's not this round of construction that maybe we should be worried about. It's anything that comes after that. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, they're trying to, I I think it depends on at what stage of development, like you said, like since there's been major construction on these, uh, like Avengers campus and, and, uh, and the, the hotel that, I mean, they've already been working on this stuff. So that's what they're going to, they need to finish it because like leaving it unfinished is going to be an eyesore. It's in the middle, uh, at least for Avengers Campus, it's in the middle of the park. So you can't just like stop it uh, and then let it go. Yeah. Uh, some of the stuff as far as like Spaceship Earth, that hadn't started yet. They were just getting right. ready to shut down, shut it down so that they could start it. So I think they're going to, I mean, I think it's, this stuff is probably at some point going to happen or uh, something's going to happen at some point, but it's just going to be pushed off. By the time they get to it, they may even change it to something else and it may be better. Um, But at least for now, it's going to, I think they're going to hold off just because, you know, the parks aren't making the money to support like these new construction. They had so much new construction in the books. I mean, it was, it was going to be really exciting, but it was going to take some time. And, and this pandemic really uh, threw a monkey wrench into all that. So I think they're just, they need to finish up what has started at least. And then I think they're probably going to step back and see probably where they're going to get the biggest bang for their buck, move on to that. And then you're going to probably see less, less big plans and maybe more little plans that are more focused and that are going to give them a bigger bang for their buck. I think that's the key for sure. It's like, it's the focus is going to narrow, right? Like that makes sense. They've said already that like, yes, we're still going to invest in the parks because you know, we know that the parks make Disney as a, as a corporation just tons of money. It, it's just major, major profit. Like you get all the big investment into a specific land or area, and then it's just you collect on that. So uh, so it's something that they've established is like a way to make it highly profitable, uh, assuming that the parks are open and they can be at capacity, I guess. <laughs> so, so that's going to be something. It makes sense for them to continue on. But yeah, it's like. Maybe these big pie in the sky ideas are either going to get trimmed down a little bit or, you know, it's like some of these other areas are, are going to get pushed off to later. We know that like, even though, as you pointed out, like construction technically had started on Mickey and Minnie's at Disneyland, still pretty early on in development. So it's easy for them to come out and say like, we're pushing it by a year. It's now 2023. Yeah, but they're still working on it. So, I mean, they've, they've definitely posted like, you know, hey, we're more development type stuff, but it's also, it's in the park. So you can definitely see that they're working on something. So it's something that they have to continue working on. 
I think it's the the key is is stuff that's started that has work is is going to get finished, and I think that they're trying to like uh, at least put people's mind at le- at ease that these things are going to happen. Uh, I think some of the they're still going to happen, and, and then some of these other things are going to take a little longer to happen. But you know, like you said, you know, uh, the parks make a lot of money. And especially once this pandemic is over, the parks are going to make are still going to make a lot of money. Matter of fact, once people can get into the park, you know, they're going to go in droves back to the park because that's something that everybody has been like kind of like biting at the bit to get to because they're they're just going to want that normalcy. They're going to want that that break from from what they've been stuck in for so time, so much. And one of the things they're going to feel is one, uh, going to the park is the parks are pretty much, I mean, most people have gone to the, a Disney park at some point. Well, a, a lot of people have gone to the park, so they know what to expect. And it's something that you enjoy, but it's also a controlled atmosphere where a lot of times people feel safe. So it's something that, you know, is, is fun, but then people feel safe at and it's controlled. So I think it's it's these things are what people are going to go to in droves uh, after this stuff is lifted. So, yeah. And, and, you know, with that, it's like it's also important to keep in mind, like when you say, you know, they're saying this to to remind people or to tell people it's like the people that specifically at least with this uh with this you know comment about priorities and ensuring that they're still putting money towards the parks going forward the, the audience was investors so it you know it it makes sense then that like hey we're still we're not like abandoning this plan i mean it's you know uh, i think anyone that remembers disneyland and and even California adventure back in the days, like the idea that there was this much construction ever going on at once or big plans for big attractions ever going on is like, it still blows my mind. Just like how much we've had recently and then how much we still have to look forward to. It's, it's uh it's pretty wild, man. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, as long as, uh, you know, we had this, this was, has been a, this has been a time of, of like a lot of growth for these parks and, and a lot of like, yeah. you know, of fixing and, and improving. And, uh, so it's, it's been great time. Uh, I think people are kind of like, at this point we've, we've kind of gotten, I guess, to some degree used to like these changes and these, these big new, <laughs> new shiny things happening. And, and we're yeah. always looking for, the, but there's been a there there have been a long times of droughts where nothing really changed, and I think we're gonna get probably after this we're probably gonna see kind of a hopefully a happy medium between the two because I mean it's definitely gonna be a little bit slower than maybe even that, but I don't think we're gonna get back to the point where there's no changes for a long time but i think it's going to be a lot slower than what we were used to for a while there um but i think uh hopefully they fi- start to find like doing new like just events within the park to keep things fresh so we don't necessarily see new rides and 
and uh, new things going in, but maybe new festivals and type stuff to to kind of keep things interesting and take our money. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> there's definitely a huge opportunity for, you know, uh, parades and, like you said, events. Like, you know, the fact that there's no nighttime parade at, at Magic Kingdom is, is like, insane. <laughs> it's, come on, man. Like, it's, uh, I mean, even... Even, uh, you know, I guess they have their fireworks show, but there's no parade parade, right? So, uh, so yeah, there's just tons of opportunities for that. So, yeah, that totally makes sense. But, you know, with kind of stuff that we're looking forward to, I mean, the fact that we're coming, the fact that we're coming off of Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland and then right next door at California Adventure, we have like a whole nother land opening up in phases like you know two years with two major expansions is like is insane so yeah it's it, you're right i mean we've been very speaking of disneyland i mean disney world's been very spoiled too with uh especially i mean look at hollywood studios hollywood studios has been insane lately with everything going on there so yeah there's just been there's been a lot of heavy movement but uh you know with avengers campus we've been talking so much about it recently and you know we know what's gonna be there for phase one we have a very good idea about what's being held for phase two and really through all of this everyone has been everyone has had a pretty clear picture anyway of what everything is going to kind of come together and look like uh both on paper and we've seen a little bit of sketches but you know what at least i've been thinking of recently and what's piqued my curiosity through all of this is what California adventure is going to look like and feel like after all of this is done with the vendors campus. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, like, is it going to be that game changer that cars land was when it opened in 2012? Or is it going to be like more like a galaxy's edge kind of thing at Disneyland where, you know, things started a little slow. It wasn't really that major draw that they were hoping for right out of the gate. But, uh, you know, eventually it kind of picked up. I think they were hoping that this year was going to maybe be be a little more of uh, pick up a little bit more than it had in the past. So I, it's just, you know, it, it it's a weird thing to think about with uh, with Avengers Campus coming. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, you know, you think about it and I mean especially considering like how popular the movies have been and how 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 big the the uh Marvel IP has just blown up and is all over the place um it's yeah. it's definitely it I think is definitely something that uh raises a lot of eyebrows too especially considering that uh you're not going to get this in uh well uh Magic Kingdom is this is going to be only at Disneyland as well. Uh, well, within the you're USA. not getting it. You're, you're not getting it at Disney World. Yeah, I think the only park, the only other park that's getting it is at least it, at the way that it's designed right now is uh, is uh, Walt Disney Studios Park in Paris. Yeah, and they basically are getting everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they're starting with very little. Yeah, so they had a really rough. Um, yeah, I think it's it's interesting because uh, I think the the my worry is I think you're gonna um, there's gonna be a lot of expectations for it, but um, I think 
it's it's one of those things where I think also after the Galaxy's Edge, you know, kind of I wouldn't say like debacle or kind of the opening. I think I, I don't know if people's expectations are going to be uh, kind of. Uh, lowered a bit from that. I don't think so, which is kind of weird because I think you're going to have, I think there's a good possibility you're going to have kind of a similar situation because you're, I think there might be more stuff to see potentially, but I think you're still going to not have a lot to kind of keep you in the area because there's only really going to be one ride. When it opens, uh, <laughs> well, I think I think the uh, the marketing team would say there's two technically with Guardians. Oh, yeah, but <laughs> it's not really new. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I know the marketing team would say yes. There's more than two, but I'd say no. <laughs> yeah and, right, right. and everybody it's, else it, it, guardians isn't drawing you into yeah, the land everybody else is gonna say no there isn't so <laughs> <laughs> yeah right of course so uh you know just being realistic i mean <laughs> no i mean that you're right um but i think the thing that kind of gets me is when you think about um is this going to be the boon for california uh adventure as far as like i don't think it's going to be as big of a a boom for california adventure just because what's going to happen is it it you're going to have the kind of the same issue with uh galaxy's edge where people are going to have a lot of expectations they're going to go to the park they're not necessarily going to be i would say just disappointed but they're going to kind of see it and they're going to be like oh okay well there's not a lot here yet uh there's promises of more stuff to come but right now there's not a lot to keep me here and this uh the the problem you have with california adventure is you don't have as much stuff or as much attractions and and other things especially nostalgia to keep people around the Cal, uh, California Adventure Park. So people are still going to probably meander around. They're going to check out some stuff, but it's really not a, you know, a full day park park. And I think yeah. unfortunately with what uh, the Avengers campus is going to have to offer, it's still not going to be a, a full day park park. Uh, so, (laughs) (laughs) so you, I think, I think it, I, I think it's going to get people's interest into the park. Um, but I think people are going to kind of spend a little bit of time and then are going to go like, well, I, I'm just going to go over to Disneyland, uh, (laughs) or want to go to Disneyland. They're just, it's just not going to be enough to keep them in, in the park for very long. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that for sure. I mean, it's, I mean, that's the challenge of anything in California adventure right now. Right. Is like, it is, uh, it's still, and it, as it's, as it's been pretty much since, uh, after that first year of opening, I mean, it's, it is a work in progress and probably will be for quite a, uh, quite a while longer, but yeah, it's, uh, 
I, I kind of, A, it's like, so A, we're starting with the challenge of, you know, like what you're talking about, the opening in phases, right? Where you open in that phase one. And I mean, uh, everything that we're hearing from, like Spider-Man sounds cool. It is not the big thing, right? Much like when Galaxy's Edge opened, you had you had uh, Millennium Falcon Smugglers run open, and it wasn't the big thing. The big thing came in phase two. In the case of Disneyland, you know, there was like, what, a six-month like gap between um, between phases? So, yeah, it's like that certainly doesn't help, but... Um, but yeah, and then it's kind of like, well, where do you go? And you think about the big tickets in California Adventure. And I mean, even with, even with, you know, Incredicoaster and even with um, uh, Radiator Springs, it, those are kind of the big e tickets, right? Like, I mean, Soaring is, but it's also at, three other parks now so it's like it's not a it's not like an entirely unique experience anymore if you've ridden it at any other park for the most part you've ridden it before so yeah it's like right it's kind of like what do you do unless you haven't been to california adventure if you if it's your first time there or you haven't been very often or you go infrequently then yeah like there might be some more stuff to do like i think you can make a day full day out of California adventure. Like I, I wouldn't go as far to say that it is a half day park, like what we were talking about with old Hong Kong Disneyland. But, uh, but if you go frequently enough, you're right. Like there isn't enough to really keep you coming there. And I mean, again, just like what you were saying, like galaxy's edge benefited from being in Disneyland, which if you're just looking at how many rides are in a specific park, like, Far and away, Disneyland has the most attractions than any other Disney park anywhere in the world. So you still have plenty to do. It's almost like a bonus ad, right? Like, so you go to Galaxy's Edge. Maybe you're not impressed, but you're like, you know what? I've got the rest of Disneyland here. You, you don't have that same immense benefit at, uh, at DCA with Marvel, uh, with the Marvel Land, with Avengers Campus. So, yeah. The IP thing is is interesting too because, I mean, where we're at, you have your two major rides being built around IPs. Cars is certainly not a, cars is certainly not a bigger IP than Marvel, but like how how weird would it be? I'm just speculating now. If Spider Man opens, and people still feel like radiator springs is a better ride or or avengers campus opens and people still feel like cars land is a better land right <laughs> just right next door like for context cars land is considered by many to be like one of the best most immersive kind of lands just in terms of how it's structured so uh so obviously like it's, it's going to be in comparison to any other new land certainly in uh, Disney California Adventure, if not all of the resort, but I mean, like that's got to be a rough, <laughs> rough hit, right? If people go to Avengers Campus, experience it, feel like it's new, feel like it's interesting, but are like, all right, I'm going to go back over to Cars Land, right? Yeah, I think uh, 
what you're, you, what you're saying, that, that's totally true. It is very hard to kind of go up against Cars land just because most of uh, Marvel Comics, as weird as it is, takes place in New York. So, um, yeah. if you were right. going to make uh, like what Marvel Land should be is basically New York, and then like it's like, does that really stand out as a themed? Like, is are you in the world of of Marvel or? I mean, it's 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 a kind of it's a it's a really weird kind of place to try and be. Whereas with yeah. uh, Cars Land, that's in the world of cars where you could do stuff that looks like different from real world and you could definitely look at it and goes yeah that is the world of cars i definitely feel like i'm in this movie cars (laughs) whereas i mean with the uh avengers campus you could say well i i guess i feel like i'm in new york i i guess but then is that it doesn't feel like a maybe a different experience uh than being in just real world i guess <laughs> yeah yeah no totally and I, I, part of me feels like uh, we should double check later on but i feel like the fiction to avengers campus is that avengers campus is in D- disney california adventure <laughs> like i don't for some part of me feels like the the context of that isn't new york that it oh. is like <laughs> hey we landed at like we created a campus in a Disney park <laughs> or like there's the secret campus in California adventure. Like I don't, I don't think, and again, I might be wrong. It's worth rechecking at some point, but, uh, and we can, we can correct next week, but I, I don't think that New York or in any way, shape or form it's ever been said that like, this is where this is supposed to be taking. I think that the taking place, I think the only, only kind of, verbiage or the only kind of kind of marketing spiel has been, you know, this is Avengers campus at California adventure. So I'd be curious about that. That's a good point. (laughs) That'll be interesting. Be crazy if that's the fiction and it's like, yeah, you're in a theme park. So of course that's what it looks like. (laughs) Okay. It's an easy way to solve it. (laughs) I don't know if you're, I don't know if you're, you're hitting the level of fantasy fulfillment that people are looking for, but. Yeah, I think that would, that would be terrible, though, to do it in that way because it would it wouldn't <laughs> yeah. make any sense because then you're kind of like that whole like idea of you're in a. Uh, I think one of those things that makes those lands, the lands like in uh, Galaxy's Edge, you're supposed to be on Batu in in the city of Black Spire on Batu, a different a different planet. Uh, you know, in Cars Land, you're in in Cars, the movie, you're in that land. So then, like, uh, <laughs> Avengers Campus is on, is in California, <laughs> Disney California Adventure. That makes no sense. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it would be kind of hard to say, like, why are we seeing, like, heroes running around uh, Disney's California Adventure? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, from a a a comic book collector type like continuity is like, are there villains running around here? Are we not safe? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean that that would be kind of the the 
the type of thing that would you would think of, but I don't know. It's one of those things where like Cars Land uh, was done so well, and I think the promise of Galaxy's Edge was that it was going to be like Cars Land, but then it it failed in that just because the the problem with Galaxy's Edge that uh, was that Cars Land you you walked into Cars Land and it felt like you were in the Cars movie. And then with Galaxy's Edge, the premise was to kind of make Star Wars, but they wanted to make something new that they could kind of grow with. But then it failed at least to do what Cars Land did because Batu and Black Spire was not something that people were familiar with so there was no nostalgia when you walked into the uh or at least there was no like recognition walking into black spire into galaxy's edge you just kind of said i guess it could be star wars uh but don't you think though that that's the problem that avengers campus uh, runs to though like i don't I mean, I hear what you're saying. Like, even if it's New York, though, I don't know if them recreating New York is going to trigger nostalgia to the average kind of person oh, yeah. that like has seen the movies. But that's what no, I agree. That's that's, as that's far as it goes. I agree. That, that's yeah. the problem. Is like, how do you make the comic book world? Um, yeah, yeah, I in, see. yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess you, what they could have done, but this would have been trickier because. There's still not, you know, people don't really, really still really know it, but you would have to make like Asgard or, or some like one of the different actual like places in the, like, uh, in the comic book, uh, world of Marvel that doesn't really exist in real life and is, uh, different enough so that it can have kind of its own personality. And I think that's, I guess that's the thing. Uh, what people generally are looking for is they're looking for like a break from reality. And unfortunately, the which has been a strength for Marvel comics as far as in the comic books is that the Marvel comics take place in like real world like locations so there is recognition in the comic book but as far as making a land it in a like a, a theme park where people are generally trying to get that break from reality <laughs> you're bringing right. reality to a theme park <laughs> yeah, so right. uh which here's the gritty streets of Manhattan, which is actually like, oh. which actually you're looking at like uh, for disney's california adventures they were trying to pull uh, Disney California Adventure from being so real world with with changing say the uh, the wharf area the well not the wharf area but the boardwalk area to be in Pixar Pier area where they were trying to right bring it out of being so much of a real world location to being something more outside of the real world I guess but. Uh, a, a, putting a little bit more Disney magic into it, I guess you could say. But uh, I think, yeah, that's the problem you're going to have with Avengers Campus is like 
people are going to want to go there. I think a lot of people, uh, like, I, I can't say that they're not going to do this. Maybe we'll go there and we'll go into Avengers Campus and we will feel like we're in the comic book. Um, I, I'm going to say that I'm going to have a lot of expectations, but then even I, with my knowledge of comic books, don't really know what that means as far as Marvel Comics. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. it's I'm yeah. perplexed, and I've read a lot of comic books. I'll tell you though, man. I think the I think the best thing that they have going for them right now to, you know, combat just like a lot of this, a lot of these high expectations that had been around. And just kind of question marks that we've been talking about. Best thing they have going for them right now is that the parks are closed <laughs> because as soon as they open the parks and if Avengers Campus isn't that far behind, I think people are going to be willing to look past a ton of flaws, maybe like in the longer term, start to kind of think of and see those. But, you know, I, I just remember being in Galaxy's Edge when they had that limited preview and, you know, I went through all this effort to snag a snag a pass in order to get in. And it was like only four hours. And there was you just felt like you had just this long list of things that you wanted to explore. I definitely left that experience just like, dude, that was amazing. And then kind of over time as I was deconstructing it, and especially that second time that I visited, started to feel like, nah, all right, now I can look at it through like with, without the rose tinted glasses of uh, of that limited preview event and that excitement that I had going in. But I think that feeling is going to be amplified like a hundred times for people, right? It's just be just because they haven't had access to any theme parks and any kind of Disney theme park, even if it maybe is disappointing and less than what you had anticipated, you know, in like February <laughs> before these closures started, even if it comes in under that expectation, I think people are still going to be pre-juiced about it. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. I think it's it's one of those things where I, I think I definitely come off as as maybe a hater of of stuff like uh, Galaxy's Edge. I think even though there, I think I'm talking about expectations here, and I, I think even if uh, Galaxy's Edge didn't meet your expectations, it's still you still have a, a lot of fun in the area and uh you can the rides are fun uh i think there's just you know the you being fans of of these uh ip for a long time uh especially for star wars and me especially for marvel comics and stuff we have such a, a love for the ip that We've built up an expectation uh, of what that it what the land is going to be in our head, and it's it's going to be hard to ever. And I don't even know if anything could ever actually match what what you actually believe it should be. But that being said, you can still have a lot of fun in these these like lands and stuff is like, I still have a totally. lot of fun in, in uh, galaxy's edge. And I still, I actually, mm -hmm. I think when we went there, we really like went through and looked at stuff like, you know, I, I think I've grown more appreciable of it, but I still think, uh, I think 
what they need to work on as far as uh, for Galaxy's Edge is the atmosphere. Because uh, I think when I think of the Galaxy's Edge atmosphere, I want to see more aliens or stormtroopers walking around and the lack thereof makes it feel less uh star warsy uh to me because it's supposed to be kind of a bustling uh uh city in on uh, on this planet batu but like space yeah, port, yeah and it but you don't really see it you see a lot of people like normal people but you don't see a lot of like every once in a while you'll see uh the stormtroopers walk through with kylo ren or something like that every now and then uh, i think you need to see more of that and i think also maybe the way the uh the land has been built they do have the uh, that area across from rise of the resistance where um where they have the the little like uh ray would do a a little little skit a little show with uh chewbacca and stuff a lot of that stuff could be going on and you'll never see it (laughs) from the other side of the park yeah so maybe it's just set up in a way where you couldn't see that and that wasn't ideal whereas i don't know if that's going to be the issue with uh, avengers campus because it looks like it's a little bit more one kind of open area but i'm could be totally wrong on that too but uh i think they they need to make it so you see like heroes and they definitely already have that idea with uh spider-man swinging overhead so well they've got they've got casting calls out for stunt people so i mean like i think that's definitely going to happen and maybe the fact that it is a you're not going for the something with the scope of a spaceport where there's going to be a lot of activity. Instead, you're going for a much smaller intimate scope with just a superhero campus where like, yeah, you might see superheroes walking around. Yeah. You might seeing, you might see them in the rooftops fighting or doing whatever they, whatever superheroes do, but like, it's not going to be like a constant thing. You know what I mean? Which is what you, which is what the expectation is with galaxy's edge. And it was an expectation that they set, which was something that's going to be constantly moving and happening. And you're going to feel ultimate immersion in like a bustling spaceport, which is easy to get those high expectations then. Um, so yeah, no, I, that, I think that, that, that will help that, uh, that level of expectation, but you know, just, just to bring it back out to, California adventure. I mean, I think the, the thing that just, just the scarcity of it is going to make it a draw, right? So, you know, we were talking before about one of the unique aspects about Hong Kong Disneyland is just the amount of unique rides that you can't ride anywhere else that adds to that charm, especially for such kind of a small park. You know, I think you're going to start to see that with, uh, with at least web slingers, that'll be that'll be the unique ride, and you already have that with Guardians of the Galaxy. That's that's a unique version of you know it's still that Tower of Terror ride system, but it feels like its own complete, uh, completely unique thing. So you know the fact that it's not going to be something like Galaxy's Edge where you had one at both coasts, and so obviously you know if you or, you know, Disney World being the much bigger kind of park that draws in more tourists, 
like that's where they're going to go, right? It's closer to them or that's where they would normally be going. And you're going to get people that would normally go to Disneyland anyway, going to Disneyland. Like you're not going to see that, right? You're going to see, at least when things open up a little bit more, you're going to see a lot more attention from just all over the world. Like any anybody that's traveling to Disney parks, maybe they're going to start to, that are interested in Marvel, maybe they're going to look at that and say like, oh, I got to check this out. Like certainly the Disney park fans are going to do that. You're already going to have a lot of tourism from, you know, Asia and and, and that part of the world. So, uh, you know, you, you I think that in and of itself, just the fact that it's not going to be in Paris yet um, is going to help it help it be a draw. And then maybe by the time the Paris version opens up, we're a little bit closer to phase two where all of a sudden then it is its own unique thing. And maybe it's not in Hong Kong yet. So, <laughs> you know, I think just like scarcity at, at parks helps, especially, especially when I think a lot of times it's a choice. Like, do we go to Disneyland or do we go to Disney world? If you're traveling from abroad, maybe, maybe, maybe it's less of a choice depending on where you're from. But you know, if, if there is a little more scarcity at Disneyland, already have some of that but if there's even more especially if it's a big splashy full land that you can only get at this one location like that in and of itself will be a draw yeah i agree i think i think you're definitely it's going to be a draw and uh and i agree that after uh when the park when it actually opens and uh the parks open it's people are going to go to and they're going to love it uh i think i think it's still like even if it, you know, like I said, I don't think it's going to be able to match my expectations just because I have high expectations for it. Uh, maybe, if anything, maybe my expect <laughs> I may wind up <laughs> lowering my expectations just because I know it's not going to make my ex- uh, uh, be up to my expectations. So maybe I'll finally be able to just like realize to myself before I go to it that it's not going to make it and maybe it'll be better than the what i was expecting and it that's totally like bizarre what <laughs> well, i'm saying but <laughs> but uh i mean in well they're clearly building it for just like the casual mcu fan right that like watches the movies but that's probably as deep as they go and then maybe they'll have some kind of easter eggs and little flourishes there but i mean I'd be very surprised if their intended audience were were the Henry Halls of the world. Yeah, I think um, I think it's definitely gonna. I want to say, I imagine they're definitely going to be. Uh, it's it's supposed to be MCU for sure. Uh, so yes, they're building off of the movies, but for some reason, I feel like at some point they're going to have like little like. I think the thing is, is we've seen stuff where like MCU is starting to kind of bleed off into uh, it's kind of a weird thing with uh, the comic books as well, because the whenever they do a new movie and stuff, a lot of times a little bit of thing, a little bit of of the the comic books will change a little bit to match the movies to sure. some degree. Yeah. Um, so there's some, some little, a minor crossover with the comic books, but I, I doubt they would, at some point I, I imagine they will put something from the comic books or there'll be some kind of convergence with the comics there. But I just want to see what new heroes that they bring out and, 
I want to see where this land goes. Maybe not now, but like in five years from now, what are they, what's this land going to be? Because I imagine it's, it's one of those things where like, even with Galaxy's Edge, Galaxy's Edge is, is, when it opened, even with, uh, even with the, uh, rise of the resistance, it's it's still just kind of a starting point for what galaxy's edge is going to be. And imagine like they have plans for growth for that land. It's just, it's going to take a while, but I mean, it's not going to happen overnight for sure. But at some point, they're going to add more stuff to it and it's going to become more lively, but you needed something to start with. You need a basic blueprint to begin with, and then you add to it. And that's what Avengers campus is going to be. And I just want to know, I'm, well, I wouldn't, I won't, I'm looking forward to what it's going to be like in five years from now. Um, I was a bit more excited for it when we had all this growth and everything, and you had so many new <laughs> yeah, rides yeah. and new lands opening. Right. Uh, but this pandemic has kind of put that <laughs> the heel to that almost, and it's and now it's it's slowed down quite a bit. So maybe I won't see as much growth in five years, but I imagine you're going to still see more growth in those lands and and in those areas um i think at this point for for avengers campus in five years you'll be lucky if we've hit phase two (laughs) well i mean yeah probably i mean so do you i know that we've we're now like specifically focused on avengers campus do you think that like so when you say kind of like a starting point and you talk about expansion like are you thinking like space wise or like they're going to add more rides or like what, what, what in your mind is like expansion? Because, you know, you look at cars land, cars land t- was 2012. You've had like a replacement of a ride, right? You had the flying saucer ride basically that again, kind of gutted <laughs> out and got replaced. But other than that, like it's, it's pretty much been, what it's been since then. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking more as far as like, um, growth is the, I wouldn't say necessarily growth, I guess it's more of like what kind of things they have going on in the land. So, um, so I guess it's, it's the, the rides and stuff aren't, you know, they, they definitely bring people into the land for sure. But it's, it's, I think a lot of times it's the personality of the land, the, the different like little um, events that they have going on in the land and things that are happening in the land that actually give it uh, a bit more personality, I guess. So like Cars Land isn't just the rides. Um, you have the... I mean, and food and shops. You also have like little things that go on, like one of those things that happens that people have started to get to know more of is is the lighting ceremony that they do at dusk. Uh, There's also, and then more recently, um, they also decorate, deck out uh, the Cars Land for the holidays and for Halloween now. So what I look forward to is that are they going to start decorating uh, Avengers Campus? 
and doing stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, that dude. So that is the real question. Do you think there will be a holiday re-theme for Avengers Campus? And if so, does that mean that our first look of the new land will be with an overlay? No, I don't think it'll, it'll, it, it's not going to start <laughs> off with an overlay. That's that five-year plan. Yeah, I think that's, that's something that's going to happen later on. Um, but I think it's definitely something that I, I could see happening because uh, often in the comic books, they've always had some kind of like, definitely Christmas oriented so i imagine with they may start off with christmas which is the same thing that they did with cars cars land started off with the christmas uh overlay and then more recently and within the last what two years or so they got the halloween overlay as well so i think they would definitely start off with like christmas for marvel for avengers campus and then maybe at some point they might get the halloween but it's those type of things that you know seeing like spider-man swinging overhead with his uh santa cap on and stuff and maybe holding a a goodie bag is uh uh is something to look forward to as well. Totally. Uh, I think. Yeah, man. Well, uh, so I, I know why you're talking about holidays and Halloween. It's because of all of this news that we got about these seasonal offerings that are going on, at least in Orlando. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, uh, you know, maybe we can at least get one of the two at, uh, at Disneyland, but we'll have to see. But we did get, I mean, we've we've been going through at least some of these updates that have slowly been coming out around, uh, around Disney World. And we're still getting some details about them, specifically for Halloween again. So Magic Kingdom confirmed, in addition to the decorations, in addition to, you know, all of the, the food and beverage offerings that they have. Um, and the costumes and, and all of that fun stuff. They, they've definitely confirmed there will be character cavalcades that, that will be running and that'll be themed to either holidays or Halloween. Um, it sounds like on select days, they'll be having special floats with just Disney villains and Jack Skellington. I guess he got thrown into the Disney villains. Uh, uh, category because why not? I guess he's a is he a Disney villain? I don't think he's a Disney villain. Nah, he? he's not technically. Oogie is the Disney villain from Nightmare Before Christmas, but they because he's yeah, kind of s- spooky. I think they they have him with the <laughs> well, he's Halloween themed, so they bring him in that, but he's technically not the villain for sure. He just gets lumped in. Is he Halloween or is he holidays? Don't answer that question. That's, that's the age old debate over that, right? Well, uh, technically I think he gets the, uh, for Halloween, he has the, the meet and greet for Halloween. I don't think he has the meet and greet for the holidays, Mm. but it is, he does have some crossover appeal there. So, right. I mean, well, we've got, Haunted Holiday, right? At the Haunted yes. Mansion. So he's technically he's both, but uh, but they but they specifically call him out for the ho- for Halloween, and he gets true. special stuff for Halloween. 
Disney's trying to settle that debate, but uh, they're saying he's more, it's a Halloween movie, not a holiday movie. So, okay, fine. And then we'll also get the return of the Dapper Dans, who will be themed like everything else for Halloween. They'll be themed as the Cadaver Dans. So, yes, sure, that'll be fun. And then going in the other direction, U.S. Disney Parks also officially axed most of their Christmas events. So for Disney World, we're losing Mickey's Very Many Christmas Party and the Candlelight Processional at Epcot. Disneyland also announced their Candlelight Processional is also canceled. So that is Dunsky's. Still going to be same kind of modified experiences like what we're seeing with Halloween, though. So decoration, seasonal dining options, costume characters, and cavalcades. And of course, that sweet, sweet merch. You got to have that. That is that is the key to all of this, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so with that announcement for this modified holiday celebration at Magic Kingdom, did uh, did you watch that video that was in there? No, I didn't. It uh, You're not missing much. It was basically just like they cut between Mickey Mouse uh, kind of in a Christmas sweater and a Santa hat with like a couple of wreaths behind him and then the castle with different kind of holographic projections on it. And then I think they would maybe show Minnie Mouse and her Santa hat and posing. And it was basically just those two <laughs> things. <laughs> it's like more than anything else, it was like, hey guys, it's happening. We don't really have anything to show you, <laughs> but we just felt like we needed to make a video to let you know Holidays are still coming somehow. <laughs> but, so yeah, like I said, you, you didn't miss much. Pretty uh, pretty sparse. But yeah, it does seem like what they're going to do, obviously still no fireworks, but they're going to have projections on the on a Cinderella castle that are going to, it seems like, rotate throughout the day or evening or I don't know, whatever, however they, however they structure that. But uh, yeah, I think it's supposed to happen during the evening, but uh to take place, take part in place of them having the lights on the castle. Oh, right. Yeah. Cause the lights yeah. are canceled. That makes sense. And I guess it would be, I'm, I'm, I, uh, I'm in a place where I just think like it just never gets dark until like super late. But of course, by then, by the time we hit holidays, it'll be getting dark earlier. So yeah, that, uh, that totally makes sense, yeah. man. So, but uh, so we're talking about Orlando here, obviously, would that satisfy and does that satisfy your insatiable appetite for Disney holiday offerings? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of, I, ex I expected that. And, and I really actually do like, I enjoy the projections on the castles and stuff. So when it comes, to, at least they're doing the decorations, they're going to have the treats and they're trying to, trying to have some sort of semblance of the holiday season. So I think that satisfies it. If it's not exactly the same as it is the previous year, I mean, yeah, it, it does get, it is a little bit disappointing, but, uh, but there is something. So, um, you know, yeah. so I think that would, uh, satisfy me, uh, my need for uh the holidays at uh <laughs> at uh, disney parks um uh, so give me those treats yeah uh yeah, how how bad did this hurt reading you're just like oh man 
oh, I want this so bad right now. And this is, of course, only happening in Orlando, Florida. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things. I think this week I finally have come to the realization that uh, we're probably not going to get, uh, or at least even if they open by Halloween, we're not going to have a chance to go at this point. Uh, so it is kind of... Uh, bittersweet at this point yeah it's uh that clock is definitely ticking man and there's no another week has gone by no announcement yet so yeah man i think you said that you would consider going if it is open and they're doing holiday stuff you would could you i mean would you would postpone then right until well, then. I mean, I would like to go around the holidays. Um, I like the holidays sure. as well, but uh, it's harder for me to go because my wife is at work and her work right. blacks out the holidays. So she can't really right. take uh, a lot of time off at that time to go. So it would be harder for us to go. But uh, we definitely would, I would consider it. I mean, it's not necessarily, I would consider it. I would definitely go, <laughs> but it, it's harder for us to go at that time is the, is the problem. Well, we'll see. This is a strange year. So we'll, uh, we'll just have to see if, if anything's different. We'll have to see if it's even open and they are doing holiday stuff. It's uh sounds, it sounds fun. Like I, I totally agree. Like if, um if the, if Disneyland was open right now and, you know, I was I was really pumped on going. I would be totally satisfied with most of the stuff. Like I like all of the seasonal things, but I don't need I don't need the full package <laughs> in order to feel, you know, relatively satisfied with what's going on. Uh, and, and like we like we said, like at this point, we'll take anything. If the parks are open, even if it's not themed for the holidays or Halloween. I would still probably be satisfied with going down there right yeah, now. Yeah, at this point, it's like, uh, I could take it. I mean, the, the, I think the, the decorations and the theming for the holidays or for Halloween is like like uh, the cherry on top of the, the Sunday. You like, you, 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 you like the cherry on top, but it's totally not necessary. <laughs> you still love the, 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 that Sunday <laughs> yeah. regardless. So uh, <laughs> Totally. Uh, but uh totally man so yeah i mean we definitely i i mean i def it's getting more and more <laughs> more of a, a want to go at this point than than anything so yeah. it's been six months dude it's crazy oh man well so you you know speaking of cherries on top we just got an announcement a little earlier today. So this is this is a bit of breaking news here. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Universal Studios Orlando just announced, even though the main Halloween Horror Nights event has been canceled, they're still launching two different haunted houses that will run during and be included with normal daytime admission. Dude. What? That's so crazy, man. Yeah, boy. <laughs> that is that's that's pretty good. I mean, I mean, it's with regular admission, so that's usually something they don't do. So uh, it looks like they're one. They're trying to get more people in interested in going to the park, uh, 
and it's just a boon for people who are uh, sad for uh, thinking that the uh, Halloween Horror Nights weren't going to happen. And now you get it and you get it a little bit cheaper. (laughs) Dude, yeah, really. I mean, talk about like, you know, under promising and over delivering. I think nobody was expecting any you know, Halloween or nights to have it. I think it was just, it was assumed canceled. How are you going to pull off? And I guess this is still a question. How are you going to pull off a haunted house in the midst of a pandemic where you have to have social distancing, you have to be masked up. So, I mean, we'll see what we do know. uh, We do know that these two houses will be themed as revenge of the tooth fairy and universal monsters. The bride of Frankenstein lives that should be interesting. Uh, the way that they have them described right now, they have, with this press release, a very brief description. So for Revenge of the Tooth Fairy, the innocent traditions of the Tooth Fairy hide a darker ritual. All children must give up their baby teeth to the goblin-esque Tooth Fairies or pay a gruesome price. Step into an old manor that has been overrun by yellow-clawed fiends who extract teeth by force. It's an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. And then, to follow that up, we got Universal Monsters, The Bride of Frankenstein Lives. We belong dead. The last words of Frankenstein's monster on that fateful night when his bride rejected him. But his end was her beginning. Now the bride is stepping out of the shadows to bring him back. And there's nothing she won't do as she sharpens her brilliance by experimenting on unsuspecting victims. The mate will have her monster and the monster is mate. How about that man? Yeah, it sounds like they're doing. Uh, they have a a more modern day uh, one, and then they have a callback to the Universal Monsters, which is a good mix. Uh, so yeah. that's good, and and uh, definitely uh, the more modern day one sounds creepy, and definitely something to kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've I've definitely I don't know for some reason I've seen a bunch of like creepier stuff for the tooth fairies now for some reason i mean going back even just as far as like talking about uh the uh was it the um teen titans go (laughs) they have like a they have a creepy uh tooth fairy in that that eats eats teeth and (laughs) it's just like they make him out to be such a creep in that it's it's kind of funny uh so um uh, it's full on zeitgeist right now, man. It's they're tapping yeah, it's, in. It's, it's everybody wants to make uh, the creepiest, like one of the most kind of initially innocent type uh, characters is you. You're growing up with the, the tooth fairy, make them creepiest all out <laughs> so but to be fair it is kind of a creepy thing to go around taking children's teeth <laughs> but yeah. uh, 
definitely a lot creepier than the Disney movie with The Rock, right? As the oh, Tooth yeah. Fairy. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was creepy, but for uh, very different reasons. Yeah, it's it, it is that perfect balance. So, like one of the great things about Halloween Horror Nights is it is a nice balance between kind of licensed houses and original kind of houses that they've built from scratch. So, you know, lately they've been killing it with these licensed IPs. You know, they had like Ghostbusters and Stranger Things and Killer Clowns from Outer Space. So they've had a lot of fun stuff, but then they've also had their own completely unique, uh, fresh stories that they've built. So, you know, it'll be super interesting to see, obviously, just how they're constructed. They are going to be kind of designed in a different way to really keep in mind some of the restrictions that they have to work with. But uh, but we do know, opening at the end of this week, dude, so September 18th for Premier Pass holders, and then the 20th for the general public. So we'll know very soon what uh, what these are and what they're going to be like. And I'm sure that we'll see some videos popping up online. So we should definitely be able to get uh, a real, real good inside look at how this is all structured. Um, but these are not the only big announcements that they've had from Universal, though, in terms of celebrating Halloween anyway. So also know that Universal's Islands of Adventure will be running a trick-or-treat trail for younger children, it looks like, you know, uh, there's a certain amount of they have specific bags that they're giving to kids that uh, you pick up at a very specific location. And then a bunch of shops along the trail, I guess they're indicated with like a they look like a jack-o'-lantern sticker or something like this are giving out candy. So if you've got the right type of bag, stop into the shop and they'll give you candy. So it's it's, it's a cool idea. Um, and then also both parks allowing guests to wear Halloween costumes. So kind of taking a page out of Disney's book here, but, uh, but you know, good times all around, man, especially, I mean, thing that really makes all of these announcements, like you, like we were saying before, so interesting and kind of surprising and shocking is that total surprise, like didn't need to do this. I think we were expecting it. This wouldn't happen, but totally came through and made this happen. So big ups to universal, man, especially since, They've been having uh, a lot of incidences, it seems like, with kind of reducing the scope of what they're offering right now between rides and hotels and hours. They figured out a way to really deliver on a really kind of small but appropriate kind of, you know, scaled down version of Halloween Horror Night. So big ups to them. Well, I think this is a, a brilliant move on their part just because I think what they... They basically have felt what's going on right now, and there's this, there's this, this definitely need for which we keep saying it for normalcy, and that there's going to be a lot of people out there who are going to want like, uh, like a more traditional like Halloween, but are not going to. It's definitely more than likely not going to be that this year. Uh, so hey, you want you want Halloween. Come to Universal Studios uh, Orlando and you're going to get a Halloween. And uh, it's brilliant on their part. I think that's the right way to go to get uh, more uh, guests in the door. And I think if you look at uh, the the two... houses uh the the two little uh, the two houses that they make uh, the fairy tooth fairy and the uh bride of frankenstein definitely sound like uh definitely the tooth fairy it could be creepy but it also sounds like it could still be okay 
okay for younger kids uh, to like a certain point. <laughs> Dude, I doubt. I mean, it, it's, we'll see. Yeah, it's, it'll be interesting. It, I mean, it it sounds like they may like since it's it's too fairy. Sounds like they're trying to skew it to be maybe at least like a PG thirteen ish or something. Right. Um, whereas, yeah. like, uh, usually the Universal monsters type stuff is not uh, too scary. Um, but uh, it sounds like stuff that they're they're trying to. I mean, their other uh, houses have been definitely not for children, and they were, and since they were like open late at night, they didn't really have to worry about younger kids. But since they're going to be open, right. uh, I guess throughout the day, uh, they do have to consider like children. So I think it sounds like these. Uh, it does sound like this is something that they are kind of skewing a little bit younger for. Uh, but I mean, like, again, this is brilliant work on their, I mean, not that hard to think of this either, but uh, it's definitely the fact that they went in on this is, is, is smart uh, on their parts. Cause everybody is wanting like the, we got Halloween coming up. Everybody wants to have a Halloween and, uh, while Thanksgiving is still much more of a family event, uh, the holidays is something that people are going to want. So uh, see what happens when it comes to hol- ho- the holidays. But it seems like a lot of areas potentially aren't going to see a regular Halloween and Universal Studios is going to give it to you. So 10 out of 10. I think. I don't know if I'd say a 10 out of 10, but it's, it sounds like a definitely a eight or nine out of 10 for sure. You'll, uh, you'll wait and see how they deliver and then you'll, you'll render your final verdict. Yeah. I'm always questionable about like trick or treat trails where you have to go into the store, uh, because that could be very frustrating and disruptive at the same time. So, like, frustrating for the people who want to get your candy, get the candy because they have to go into the stores. And then it's uh, it's disruptive for people who are shopping in said stores. So, I mean, my wife working in a mall, I've definitely seen <laughs> the trick-or-treating in the mall is always kind of a, a nightmare. She gets a – she enjoys handing out candy to the kids because – People bring their kids to the mall. It's safer uh, environment, but it's also super packed and crowded. And if you're a person who's just shopping that day, good luck, because those uh, those kids be are blocking the doors to get uh, blocking the walkways to get into stores and stuff. So it can be a bit of uh, a, a disturbance in that. So. I, I, I don't think that's going to be. I don't think that's going to be a concern this year. Well, you never know. Uh, our mall has been, even though uh, the store capacity has been limited, I've definitely seen a lot of people walking around the malls at this point. I mean, I'm probably not going to go into the mall. Uh, there's not much stuff in there for me. But, uh, but anyways, I don't know how this is going to work. As far as the trick or treating in uh, Islands of Adventure, but uh, maybe they'll have like I'm sure they'll have something worked out. But uh, go skeptical. <laughs> hall. 
but it's still fun. It's it's a great thing that they're actually doing something. So let's try that again. Henry Hall, 10 out of 10. Yeah, boy. <laughs> that just about does it for today. Remember, you can catch the great Parkov each and every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever your favorite podcast service just so happens to be. As always, if you like what you hear and want us to keep making content just like this, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, and hit that like button. This has been episode 33 of The Great Park Hop, and we'll catch you next week. Stay healthy, everybody. Henry, you take care, big guy. I'll talk to you next week. Peace out. Stay healthy. 10 out of 10. (laughs) 